Welcome to another Rightly Dividing Podcast. Hi, welcome back to another podcast. Um, the last time we talked... I started into the book of Genesis, but since then I have been thinking about it a little more and I want to bring something else up that may be saying the same thing as I said before, but in a different way, because I think this is very, very important and it is the way we're to understand Genesis there's a word that I had read in um, John Walton's book. It was It's teleology, and hadn't heard that before. But I looked up in the dictionary, and basically teleology is a way to describe why things are the way they are, not how things. Like a theory may describe how things came to be or how things work, but a theory cannot describe why things are. Um, Unlike a lot of um, secularists who believe that science can answer everything, that's just not true, at least today, because there are things you can't study. And for one, the universe, while we we can only have theories about the universe's creation, and so science goes about and gathers its evidence and through science comes to conclusions but it's coming to conclusions about how the how the universe came into existence it didn't it does not describe why the universe does exist and that's what teleology does and the reason i thought about this more and i think it's important is because um i have seen well i've known people that um were adopted and it seems that there's always this, this desire for adopted people to want to know who their parents were. And they want to know why they were put up for adoption. They want to know their backstory. They want to know their history. They want to know why they're here and why they're, they were put up for adoption. And you can explain, well, here's how you came to exist. You, Your mother and father came together and they had intercourse, and you were conceived, and in the womb you went through these stages, and that's how you became a person. And that's that's like a, that's like the science, that's like the how of a person come to be. But that doesn't answer why. It doesn't give the story of why. And so we, you know, people want to know why things are, and it's important. And so. This is what Genesis is meant to do. You cannot read Genesis like I, I think I said before. A lot of people read Genesis looking for how things, and they ask the question, how could this be? How did that happen? That's not the, what Genesis, the early chapters, of the creation story is about. It's about why. Why the things are the thing. Why things are the way they are. So, 
this is what we have to wrap our mind around. It's, it's more important for us in so many ways to not to know how something happened, how it happened scientifically, but we want to know why it happened. And so, you know, someone can say, well, the reason you love someone is because of chemical reaction in the brain. That's how that's taking place. But it's not really telling us why. And if there's no why behind it other than a chemical reaction, love is, and, and anything in this world, if you put it down and reduce it down to that, it's, it's not much more than, a, it's just really just an illusion. And we are all living in an illusion and it seems real, but it's not. So that's important. Remember, Genesis is a teleology. It, it, it describes why things are the way they are, not how things came to be. And I know that upsets a lot of people because they really want it to be um, that way. <coughs> In fact, that just reminds me, excuse me, but that just reminds me I was watching uh, introductory um series by um, Mike Winger. He's a YouTube um, pastor, and he had done some research on women in the ministry. And his introduction, he said, there were reasons why uh, you will you will not be able to come to the truth about women in the ministry. And I say the same thing for the reasons why you'll never come to the truth of Genesis is because if you have pre- conceived or predetermined biases, then that's the way you're going to read it. It's just going to be, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what someone tries to tell me. This is what I believe. And if you believe certain things about Genesis, and the minute you go to read the book of Genesis, or you read something or listen to something that someone said about Genesis, and if they're not going down the exact same trail thought you're going down, or they there's a certain fundamental things that you, it has to be right, then there's no way in the world uh, you could, um, you'll be able to understand Genesis rightly. So if you come to Genesis with this idea that the earth had to be created in six literal days, or you come to the Genesis saying, well, evolution has to be true, either one of these things, if, if they're unnegotiable, if they're not, they cannot be rethought, then you will never change your mind and it's no use even listening to anything. And I hope that that is not my audience. So now I'd like to get back to the idea of the seven, the seven, the seven day week and the six days of the work week. We have to remember that people that back then did not read as a general rule. I mean, most people didn't. If you study your, the ancient Bronze Age, and so only the scribes really knew how to read. In fact, some of the kings didn't, and I think I mentioned this before. But Reading was not a common thing, and it wasn't common until just in the last century. So Genesis was written in a way that told the truth, that told the story of why the world is the way it is, 
but it told it in a way that parents could tell their children, teach their children, and it would be rememberable. One of the principles, I, I seen a documentary one time on a guy who was the world champion in a memory contest. They actually have these, um, they, people work at having outstanding memories. And he said the way you develop good memories to be able to remember a lot of things is you put them into groups. You don't remember things individually. And, and we do this with numbers. If you, if you find yourself, like with a phone number, um, you, you do your first three digits and then your last four, and you kind of say them in a group. Um, you don't try to think of the numbers individually. You try to think of them as a whole. And so this is the way memorization is done. So Genesis actually makes perfect sense when you think about it because on day one of creation, and let me say this again, day one did not start when God said, and God said, let there be the heaven and the earth. or And in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Sorry about that. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And it said, and God's spirit moved upon the face of the water. And God said, right there when it says, and God said, we are starting the creation of day one. Let there be light. So day one, there's light. Day two, we have waters that are divided so that there's waters up above the firmament and waters below. And the firmament is a word, kind of a, it's a made-up word, basically, by the King James translators, because there was no equivalent word to this. It was a firm substance or a expanse, kind of. And this expanse, you know, there is the sky, and the water above is obviously the clouds, and the water below is the rivers, the lakes, and the seas. And then on day three, you have the dry land appear, and on the dry land, it brings forth um, uh, herbs, it brings forth trees and bushes and plants. So if you if you think of these three things, that's, remember, we got the first is, um, if you think of these as environments, the first is an environment of light, and light really sets the dimensions of our universe. It sets the time of our universe, time and space. And then the next the next day sets up the uh, the sky, the waters in the sky, and then the third day sets up the dry land. So if you can remember those, then you fall in suit with the fourth, fifth, and sixth day. Because if you have light, then what do you think of what what has what deals with light? Well, the sun, moon, and stars do this. They're in charge of light, and they use light. God made them to use light to rule our um, time and that's why I said light is the the is the factor of time in our universe and space. But the it says that God gave these the sun to rule the day and the the less well he said the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and they were given for um, the seasons. And it says and the stars also, because people govern the seasons by all these things. They we knew they knew what time of day it was. They knew when it was nighttime, when it was daytime. They knew what month it was, and they could tell what season it was, all by the placement of stars or the, moon, the sun or the moon. So the sun, moon, and stars were the rulers of the light, 
And so then the next day, which is the fifth day, what do we think back on the second day? The second day was about water and sky. And so who's, who occupies this space? Well, the, the creatures of the sea occupy it, and the sea, and then the birds, the fowl, occupy the air. Then we think on the last day, what's the third day, we think, okay, we have dry land. Well, what lives on dry land? Well, animals and humans. And so if you remember just the three, then you can remember the six. If you don't remember the first three, you think, like, what did happen on the third day? Well, I know what happened on the sixth day. The sixth day, animals and man were created. So that must mean on the third day, land was created. And then on the, you think about, I know what happened on the fourth day. The fourth day, the greater lights, the greater and lesser lights and the stars were um, created. So therefore, the first day must be light. So you can see this pattern, and it's called the framework view. And I, I think that it makes, it makes sense. Um, and I think that's what Moses is doing here, not necessarily describing the order of events. And, and whether you believe that or not, I'm, you can believe that, okay? You can believe that literally God created it um, day by day by day like that. But what I'm trying to show you is that there is a method to the way it's written, which is good for memorization. And so um, this was important because what the point is of Genesis chapter 1, like I said, there's two points. One point is that um, that there is uh, a God, a, lo- a Lord who created everything and is in charge and rules over everything. It was his creation. Second was that God organized our lives by a work week and um, gave us a day. He wanted us to have a day of rest, which was a day to trust fully in him. So what is important for us to understand about God creating everything? And it, it includes, it's inclusive. It, everything's covered here. There's nothing on the earth or even in the universe, for that sake, because the beginning says, in the beginning God created heaven and earth, he created the whole universe. And what, whether they understood the, the universe as being, having great depth, but th- those, that moon, sun, moon, and stars up there were created by God. And so everything was created by God. And in a, in a polytheistic society, it would be hard, and it would be hard to keep track of who was the God of this and who was the God of that. And that may seem... Like, that's crazy, but it's because we live in a culture where this isn't necessarily true in that way, but there is truth to it because today you can see it. There are there are people that are chasing gods, whether it's the God of fame, it's the God of acceptance, it's the God of their sexuality, if it's the God of um, health, of just you know, certain just causes that people take up to save the whales, um, to save the planet, uh, whatever it may be, there's all these things that call us to stand, get in line and, and do our jobs. And it can be quite confusing to, to, to who, who do I bow to? Do I bow to our president? Do I bow to the Democrat Party? Do I bow to the Republican Party? Which Lord, which God um, do I bow to? And the answer to that is the one who made it all. There's only one God. 
and he is in charge of everything. There's no rain God, sun God. There's no fertility God. It's There's one God, and this is important for every one of us. It will, if you embrace this and you believe this and you accept that, it will bring order and peace to your life. You won't, will, you will not have to be wondering what you're supposed to be doing as far as all these different um, things that call us. Uh, you will be free from drug addictions. You will be free from um, sex addic- addictions. You will be free from so many things if Jesus Christ becomes Lord of your life. When he becomes the important thing, when he becomes the Lord whom you're going to fall in line with and you're going to obey and and you're going to follow, then these things are going to disappear. Now, I have to be clear about this because when I say Lord, a lot of people think uh, in our, t- I mean, actually, uh, we don't really think about it as much as people in past times would have thought because there were kings. Uh, like in the Roman culture when the New Testament was written, most people were slaves, even doctors and lawyers, important people. There, there were like a class system. And so um, we don't, you know, they understood what a lord was. We don't necessarily, but... I think that still people think of Lord as someone lording over you and and just being a heavy taskmaster, but that's not what Jesus um, was all about. That's not even God the Old Testament was all about. What God wanted was for us to love him, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul, to love him enough to want to follow him, not to feel like we have to follow him, to where we're compelled like, if you think about like how you want to live your life, you th- you feel, this is the way I want to live. This is what makes me feel like I'm doing what's right. This is what makes me feel good is I know I'm doing the right thing and that's what I want to do. Well, this is the kind of attitude we have to have towards the this Lord. He's, he's the one who created everything. And man, there's a lot of good things in this world. Um, there's beautiful, there's a beautiful sky, there's rain, there's forests, there's beaches, there's rivers, there's lakes, there's all kinds of wonderful food, there's sexual experiences, and all these things God created. And it's like, if if we could live righteously doing all these things, then what a wonderful world it would be. If we weren't greedy, we weren't envious, we weren't jealous, we weren't fighting over things, but we realized all things are God's and he's given it to us to use freely as long as we use it not for our own ambitions but for his kingdom for his good and so um this was this would have been a great message for Israelites who had no life they they did not have anything to enjoy Everything was belonged to the Pharaoh, not nothing belonged to them. And everything they did was to serve the Pharaoh. And this was believing in Yahweh, the Lord God, was a whole different concept of someone who said, here, I have a garden. And I'm getting ahead of myself in the Genesis story over here. But I have a garden, and I want you to till this garden, and I want you to freely eat of everything of it participate in all of it. 
And so this was the the idea. Instead of, hey, you work your you work your tail off for me, and I might throw you a bone if you're lucky. That's not that's the two opposing worldviews. And Genesis was there to Genesis chapter one is here to break that. It's to break that for them. It's to break that for us. It's for us to realize that God created everything and that he created it for good and for a purpose and for us to use and that he organized our lives to do this, to the work in this world in a six-day work week and then to have total rest, which means to enjoy the fruits of our labor on the seventh day and trust in God. Um, So that's what the heart of Genesis chapter 1 is all about. Now, let me say this. A lo- we, there is no argument about the science of Genesis because it's not really talking about science. But let me tell you this. Is there light? Yes. Is there clouds in the sky and water below and rivers and lakes? So there, we, have, we have clouds, sky, and water. Yes. Is there dry land that has living vegetation on it? Yes. Is there sun, moon, and stars, and do they govern our time? Yes. Is there birds in the sky and creeping creatures in the ocean, fish and everything? Yes. Are there animals and humans on dry land? Yes. Are humans seem to be um, different than all the rest of the animal life and that it seems that we are responsible for our planet? Yes. If that is what Genesis is telling, then Genesis, and I mean, that's as much science as Genesis is putting forth, then Genesis is just as accurate today as it ever was. If you try to make Genesis say other things about creation, then we have some problems. Then we have debates. Then we have discussions. And that these discussions shouldn't be taking place, in my opinion, because they detract from what Genesis is trying to do. So Genesis is true today as it was always. The only thing that you have to accept out of Genesis that's um, not evident in the sense that we can touch, feel, or study like the creation of the world is that we believe that it was created by a God, the very first part. In the beginning, God created. And so that's the only that's the only debatable part of the whole story is not whether there's a creation, it's was it created by God. And Genesis is there to affirm to you it was, and this God is the God whom you should want to follow after. You should want to and desire him. Many people get tripped up later on in the Bible because they are not following the storyline. And this is what I'm trying to do with Genesis, and I'm only beginning, only beginning. So stick with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. I hope you got something out of it. Tell a friend, um, share it with others, and I hope you have a great day. Think about these things. Ponder. Don't just let them go. Read your Bible. See what I said is true. And have a great day. Uh, Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.